Well, just like our friend Chance the Rapper, there is no problem here at Pat's Interference. This is year three, episode four, and it's one of our favorites we get to do every year. It is our national preview. Some college football games already been played. Got some more coming at you this weekend. We're going to give you our preview of that, our predictions for those games, our predictions for the Heisman winner, and our predictions for our playoff teams, and then we can all have a good laugh at the end of the year when they're horribly, horribly wrong. You know how it goes. You've been listening for three years now. However, you still tune in. And for that, we thank you. This is Pat's Interference. Well, what is good, everybody? College football is now underway. We had a couple games, a couple good games uh, this past weekend, but the meat of the opening games, obviously, is coming up at the end of this week. You're listening to Pat's Interference. I'm your uh, older host, Patrick Brickman, joined by my younger host. I am Patrick Norwood. Uh, not by much, Brick, but yes. I don't yes. know if the uh, the viewers actually knew the age difference here, but there is a uh, less than a year age difference between us. Not, no, not a little over a year, sorry. When we go down in the annals of history, people will not say we were that different apart in age in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of time, we're not that far apart. I just wanted to let the, the listeners know that I'm a little bit more wise, a little bit more yes. um, grizzled, experienced sure. than my co-host. Sure. Now, that, that means that you're the more beautiful one. And I'm, I'm everyone flashy. Would know that, I, I'm, the new, I'm the new flashy thing, you know? <laughs> I am. I, you are the USC to my organ. All right. I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, anyway, so college football uh, underway, and we're going to start – with a very important game, one of the or, or the late games actually on Saturday, was uh, Stanford putting it on your Rice Owls. I, I will say this though, that that game was necessary. Sometimes, you know, break. There's there's a tree in the wild. I, I forget what it's called. I didn't do any research for this. Uh, this is all impromptu. But there's a tree. I think it's in the desert. I forget what it's called. But it it has to have a great fire. Okay every three or four years to grow bigger, to grow anew, if you will. I feel like that's what my Rice Alice have gone through. I feel like now they know their quarterback battle. It's in the bag. They know the offensive coordinator. They scored late in the game. They're they all did. on the same page. Now we got some momentum going through the rest of the season. Rice Owls are going to be fine. They're going 11-1. We'll see them in the playoff. It'll be fine. While, while everybody was watching the fight, the Rice Owls scored their first touchdown of 2017. Uh, speaking of that fight, did you watch? I did, I did, absolutely. I, uh, I'm a big fan of that fight, actually. I think that's really great for the sport of boxing. You know this, I'm not sure very many people did. I boxed for about a year. Um, actually, yeah, this time yeah, last yeah. year I was still boxing. They call um, it the old bloody knuckles. Yeah, it's old, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's all, you know, it's, it's all kind of waning on me now. Don't have the time, don't really have the fire anymore that I did last year. You know, but it was a great way to get in shape. It was a good way to, you know, walk into a place and feel like you're the baddest guy in there. Whether it was no, true I'll or not, tell, you this felt is like for the, it. This is for the ladies that listen to the podcast right here. So obviously, all two uh, of them. <laughs> Patrick Norwood and I were good friends in college, and um, and I saw him in Orlando before he started to box. Then I left, and shortly after, he started to box. Uh, and several months went by until I finally saw him again, uh, gloriously at that. And dude was cut. Dude looked like he was in. I mean, he's he's always been a slim guy. He's always been a you know a a, a, a very sh- um, well chiseled man. But after boxing, it was like it took on a life of its own. He looked like somebody just took you 
out of a museum, like you were a, like you were a, 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 a chiseled uh, statue, and then gave you life, and you were walking among us mortals. It was crazy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yes, my <laughs> alter ego, Pummelin Pat Norwood, took over. No, I gained five pounds because they wanted to beef me up to 142 to fight in a higher weight class because they thought I could be quicker than everybody else in there. I got five pounds in, and after four days straight of Big Macs, I got really tired of trying to gain weight. Uh, and then I almost got my ass kicked. But that's that's besides the point. Let's get back to football. So that's your boxing story. So your so boxing. It was yeah. Like, I'll I'll end with it was. A, I watched the fight too. It was good. I told a lot of people yeah. that uh, I didn't think that people were gonna like it. I said these big fights. Yes. You know everybody hypes it up, and then everybody goes, "Oh, that stunk." Yes. That, I didn't like that, was that. especially when you and, get. Non-boxing May- fans to try to watch boxing, but yes, this one and Mayweather's was a very, very defensive fighter too. That's his. He's a, he's a point fighter. He goes for the points. He doesn't go for the knockout. Hey, he he should have gotten it. Uh, he should have gotten it on Saturday. I think they should have given him a chance to knock him down. But anyway, fun fight, and I think people got their money's worth. Uh, yeah. Now we can move on to football. Yes. Yeah. No. No. I agree with you. I. All I'll say is it's the ref's job to stop the fight if a guy's not defending himself, and I always respect a referee who can do that well. Uh, this is our last episode before Bama FSU. Do you realize how close this is? Well, we're going to do this one tonight, and then two nights from now we're going to do Bama FSU, and then two nights after that we'll be watching the game. That's it. So if my math checks out, that's four days. That's that's four days. Four days till kickoff. That's uh, the let's old two just, plus two, people. Let's, let's kind of uh, Tuscaloosa Regional Airport this thing and uh, land and take off right from Alabama News. So we're just going to do a little quick drop in Raquan yep. Davis shot by a bullet brick. What you got on that news, man? It was a strange thing to wake up to on Sunday Weird. morning that, that an Alabama defensive lineman, uh, less than a week from the game had, uh, had been shot and was nursing an injury. Now they say that the injury was uh, non-serious. He is day to day. It's going to be a medical decision on whether he goes good to go on Saturday. This was a stray bullet mm. that, um, that struck him. He is not in any kind of lawful trouble, not in trouble in anything with the law. The uh, police report did say he was uncooperative with police, so I would like to kind of straighten that out for some people. People see the word uncooperative, and people assume the worst. But uncooperative in a situation like that could mean anything. It could mean him saying, I don't know who shot it. Um, I don't know anything. I don't know what happened. I'm sure he he said something along the lines of, I don't want to snitch. (laughs) <laughs> or he could have said that. I, I think I honestly think that's what it was. I don't think we'll ever know. But it's okay. He, he seems to be okay. Are you hearing anything about his status for Saturday? It's uh, Saban talked yesterday, yesterday being uh, Monday where I'm sitting, and um, Saban talked to the media, and he just said it's going to be a medical decision, game time kind of thing, day-to-day. You know, Think of it in NFL terms. He has a day-to-day injury. We're not putting him on the disabled list for it. That's baseball, actually. Not NFL. what if he makes a big play on Saturday, like a, like a game-winning fump, like forced fumble or something like that. He'd have to earn some kind of nickname. It, it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, that's oh that's our touchdown in Alabama. Oh, and he week. was he was he was listed on the official depth chart as a starter. I didn't even put this on the docket because I made it before then. But uh, Alabama's depth chart has actually come out since I made this docket. We can discuss that a little bit. Raquan yeah. Davis was listed as a starter with Josh Frazier. Uh, are all big number 69 um, ready to be the other starter if Davis sure. cannot go. Sure. Um, and, you know, we'll definitely keep you posted on that. 
in two days when we do a podcast episode. And honestly, who knows what could change between now and then. We've seen yep. crazier things happen. All right, are, are you good with Alabama? Can we leave Tuscaloosa Regional Airport? Yes, we will discuss the depth chart, um, obviously, next episode because, I mean, our episodes usually hit about 50 minutes to an hour, um, and we will be spending almost the entire hour on Thursday talking about this humongous uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff game. So um, we're going to leave that for Thursday because we're just going to have a lot to talk about. So right. we can move on. This is our national preview. This is our We did our SEC East, West, and now we're going to kind of do our fa- one of our, my favorite podcasts of the year is when we do this national preview because we all kind of put it on the line. We pick our Heisman. We pick our, um, we pick our Final Four. We talk about players and teams we like. We don't like who's overrated, who's underrated. And, you know, if and we hit on about 50% of it, we feel pretty smart. Right. Usually we're, we're pretty wrong on this. <laughs> Which is which is awesome. This is why it's one of my favorite episodes because we can go back. Now there was one year you called Clemson being in the national championship, the year that the most recent Alabama national championship you called Clemson, and I laughed in your face. I did, and I always bring that back up so I can continue to uh, sound smart because that's right. like. And I picked Deshaun Watson for the Heisman that year. Obviously, Derrick Henry sure. won it in in 2015, but I still was on to something there. Obviously, two years in a row. Yeah. Someone was cooking. Someone was cooking. I thought they were going to Clemson it like the rest of the country. But, okay, let's go on to week one. We got a lot of really good games. I can't remember another week one like this where there were just this many good games on the docket. Uh, And I can't wait to sit on the couch and do nothing but watch college football after a long week of work. Uh, yep. good it's old it's reminiscent of the kickoff game line, if the kickoff week line. Remember you had Alabama-USC and you had uh, – who else was in there? You had um, LSU-Wisconsin. Oklahoma, Houston, and I don't remember the rest. But there were a lot of good games. I hope this is something that happens every year because I do think this is the perfect way to kick off football. This is good for college football. Yeah, It is good for college football. It definitely is. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's let's get right into it. Our first game, we've got Florida versus Michigan, Jim versus Jim, Khakis versus Khaki Teeth. (laughs) Uh, I like that setup. In my... (laughs) In my opinion, Brick, both these teams are a little overrated, especially for where they're supposed to, you know, their projected finish in their conference. Uh, I've got Michigan, but just by a nose. The only reason I say that is all the Florida players that were suspended, they lost a lot of guys last year from that SEC championship team. And honestly, that team wasn't really much to write home about. Uh, Michigan has lost to Bro Peppers. Lost a couple of other players on defense. But overall, I think between the two teams, I think Michigan just has a little bit more of a put-together team at the moment. Now, if Florida comes out and puts up 30 on Saturday and wins, I won't be the least bit surprised because that would be a very Florida thing to do. I also won't be surprised if Jim Harbaugh calls a fake punt fumble ruski to win it with a minute left. Uh, you know, there's just there's not really a clear favorite in this game, but I do have Michigan by a nose. What about yourself? This is my toughest week one game to pick. And, um, you know, I talked about Florida in our SEC East preview and how I've fallen. I was ever in love with Florida, but I'm really not feeling them this year for a lot of the reasons you mentioned that defense is gutted. Um, guys going to the NFL uh, and then they lost their top um, uh, uh, defensive returner. There's top safety. Um, and Marcel Harris to an Achilles injury. Um, on offense, they haven't given me enough since McElwain's been there. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, Michigan's lost a lot, too, like you said. 
They sent something like 20, 22 players to the NFL this year. That's insane. Sure. I think they broke the record for most players drafted or tied the record or something like that. At the same time, I actually – you said Michigan's a little overrated. I'm going to say they're rated to – I think a lot of people are put Michigan too far down because of what they're losing. I don't think they'll be hit as hard. I don't think they're going to win – 11 games. I don't think they're going to be in the playoff. I, but I I'm think, not I think going this to put is the Washington – or not Washington. I'm not going to put Wisconsin ahead of them in their own conference. I think sure. Michigan will finish a solid second or third. But I'm all this to say I'm picking Michigan because I don't expect Florida to start the season on a quick foot. No, I don't either. And I, I think this is the year that Harbaugh gets exposed. Um, I, I'm just – I'm not I, – I have said – Time in and time out. Call me when he gets to the playoffs. And I still have yet to receive any calls. Right. Yeah. No, they're they're at least, I'm going to say three years away until they're ready to be. They were close last year. They were ready to be a playoff team because that was their one-year window. We just sure. mentioned 20, 22 seniors. That's insane. Um, that was Juniors their window. and seniors, but yeah. Juniors and seniors, upperclassmen. Um, this year they're back down to being a young team so i'd say they're two three years away that being said i hope i'm wrong i like it when the classic teams are good the classic teams being your usc's your you know even florida your your lsu's your alabama's your michigan's texas when college football is most fun to me penn state when those teams are good at football when those teams are succeeding so i hope i'm wrong I think it'd be fun to have harbaugh in the mix of these coaches these elite coaches that keep getting talked about I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, you know, so maybe a win against Florida could propel them to that. I also think it could be an, a great opportunity for McIlwain if uh, if Florida gets this victory. He beat Harbaugh. He beat a big Big Ten team. You know, putting Florida on the map, um, and that's that's you know something to go through. So, it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a fun game. To I think watch. it's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna. Be I a think really, it's really gonna be game. a game that we look back at the end of the year and then go. All right, that was fun to watch and it was fun to hype up, but both sure. teams were, you know, about average-ish, sure. you know, mid-15 mid to 20 teams. I think that's about where both teams are. Sure. Let's move on. Let's go to Texas A&M and UCLA. I'm going to go ahead and give you what I think about this game, and then we'll hear from you if that works with you. That works with me. Texas A&M is who I've got in this game. Here's why. Over the past three years, Texas A&M has always had a hot start. Kenny Trill for Heisman. Kenny Trill for Heisman, Johnny Manziel for Heisman, Johnny Manziel for Heisman number two. Uh, you know, eight and zero Trevor last Knight year for Heisman. Yeah, eight and zero last year going into the Alabama game, right? Or was it six and zero? Eh, something along those lines. It's an even number. Yes, we're going to a bowl game and O is what it was. Always start <laughs> out hot, and a little bonus for you, Kevin Sumlin's on the hot seat. Very very hot seat. Anytime an athletic director says, you got to step it up, you need to beat UCLA in your first game. So, Brick, I said last time that it was khaki pants versus khaki teeth. This one is palm trees versus sweaty palms. <laughs> and I'm going sweaty gonna, palms with this one. Are you going to be able to do that for all five games you're going to preview today? While you're talking, I'm genuinely brainstorming as hard as I possibly can to come up with these. Well, usually when you're brainstorming, something good comes out of it. So I will let you keep doing that while I talk about this game. It's not going to be too long with this one. Um, we're going to agree again. I'm with A&M. 
uh, because, like you said, they're a fast-starting team. Um, and I, you know, I think it's going to be an ugly kind of game. Um, UCLA does have the quarterback, uh, Josh Rosen, that a lot of people like. I'm not as on board with him as a lot of people are. I feel like he's somebody like a Christian Hackenberg that came in as the number one quarterback, but needs to prove it to me that he is in college. You know, I don't want another Jimmy Clausen on our hands. And then, you know, you know what I mean? There's always, there's, there's a difference between being the number one quarterback in high school and then coming into college and being that guy. We see it from some guys like Andrew Luck. We don't see it from some like a Jimmy Clausen, like I just mentioned. So, um, I like A and M. I forgot where. Honestly, I forgot where this game's being played. Most of these are neutral site games. Um, like Florida, Michigan will be in Dallas. We're about to talk about LSU versus BYU. That actually moved from Houston to New Orleans because of um, uh, the hurricane. So, um, anyway, I'm going A and M. I'm going A and M by two touchdowns yeah i think that's a good call i i like a&m i like a&m by a couple scores here too um you know i think i think josh rosen uh while he's a good quarterback i'm not sure he's got the weapons and the pieces around him to really make a formidable team now i will say this if you see a usc and a ucla uh rivalry game where they're both ranked within the top 15 that is going to be a fun game to watch towards the end of the year brick that's that's going to be a doozy of a game and honestly i'd be jealous of anyone out on the west coast who gets to go to that game and see it oh um, yeah you know we just talked about football is more fun when the classic teams are good you can't get much more classic than bruins versus trojans that's just how it is um you know that's that's a rivalry game that i would love to see uh you know kind of kind of get a little fire put back into it uh, i feel like for the past few years it's just kind of been irrelevant um you know, obviously in the 90s it had its little spell. Um, in the 80s it had its little spell. But, you know, ever since you and I were really old enough to remember college football games, it just really hasn't been a rivalry game that's mattered that much, in my yeah, opinion. Now, maybe right. I'm no, misremembering, right. but, you know, that's that's uh, that's kind of how I see it. Um, anything else you want to touch on in that game? Uh, nope, nope, other than I don't know who A&M's quarterback really is. Uh, they had a competition. I don't know if a name starter has been named, but – I still go Texas A&M just because I think they're a more talented team at this time. Um, our next game, like I just kind of alluded to, or did just allude to, is uh, LSU versus Brigham Young University. Uh, this game moved from Houston to New Orleans because of the hurricane, like we mentioned. And um, Sure. So, it it's, sounds on the nose like it's... An, LSU advantage, but you have to remember that Houston and those Texas cities aren't super far from New Orleans. I mean, it's moved like a couple hours east. Uh, and uh, hey, in case you forgot, Baton Rouge is uh, it's about maybe 25, 30 minutes from New Orleans. That's true. I mean, it does move closer to there, but I think the tickets have been sold for this for a while, and I think LSU was always going to have a large advantage. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying now especially – I've been in LS. I've been in New Orleans when LSU is playing there. I've been there when LSU is lost playing there. Uh, it's an interesting little city, um, you know. So, so this one I'm calling BYU versus the Voodoo. Uh, the Voodoo, I'm, 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 I'm taking this one. Uh, LSU, as I, I mentioned last week in our, 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 excuse me, last episode in our SEC West preview. Uh, I, I think, I think guys is is a guy to really really watch out for this year um gotta watch out for guys guys 
I, I think he's going to go off here. BYU, however, did have a 2.4 uh, average um, uh, run defense uh, last week. However, that was against Portland State. Um, and the few minutes that I watched of that game, I wasn't really impressed with BYU's offense. Had one good you know, tight end seam route that I don't see happening against an SEC defense, especially one that's going to be as quick and as experienced as LSU this season. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to take LSU, and honestly, I'm going to take LSU pretty big here. I'm going to take LSU by a good 21 points. Huh. So you're, I just actually looked it up so I can kind of make my pick. The spread is 16, uh, so you're going above the spread. Um, I actually, you know, you you like LSU a lot, and you've made that uh, you made that clear a couple episodes or last episode, and I'm kind of lukewarm on them. I don't hate them, love their defense. I have trouble really, really strongly believing in a team that's led by Danny Etling. Um, I just it baffles me that LSU has still, still, not been able to get even a playmaker at quarterback. I'm not even talking, you know, a guy that is a world beater. I'm talking just a playmaker. I mean, seriously, just somebody of, of a A.J. McCarron mold, of a of a Brandon Allen mold. They haven't been able to get that. It's been a weak link on their team forever, and it still stays that way. That With the spread being 16, I was thinking it's going to be close than a lot of people think. I got LSU winning by 10, uh, which is I guess is below the spread, so I'm saying closer than the experts think. I do think LSU wins just because they're LSU. They don't lose to teams like BYU. I think LSU has the same of what they've been doing the last couple years. They beat the teams they beat because they beat them because they're LSU, but in those big games, they keep coming up short. So I do think they lose to Alabama this year and one of Texas A&M or Auburn or one of those teams, Arkansas. I think they'll lose one of those games. Um, That being said, week one, I like LSU by 10 in a game that is ugly because LSU's still trying to figure out what they are on offense. Although I do love the addition of Matt Canada. I do like their offensive coordinator. I do think they'll figure that out at some point before the end of the year. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's let's go into uh, West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. Now, this is a rivalry renewed, Brick. Yes. I don't, I don't know if you know this. These two teams absolutely hate each other hate each other uh this is something that was new to me uh two of my very very good friends one of them went to graduate school at west virginia another one got his undergrad and was in the band at virginia tech uh they have been chirping back and forth all week all month since the game was announced since they found out where the other one went to school we all talk every day i was hanging out with them tonight they were still talking about it I did not know, and maybe I'm just naive, maybe I just don't care because neither of them have competed for a national championship in a while. Uh, but right now, you've got uh, West Virginia is known for the coal mines, and uh, Virginia Tech runs out to enter Sandman. So you get the Miners versus Metallica. I'm taking Metallica like here. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going Virginia Tech is returning a lot on defense. They were a young team last year, man. If they return everybody, a lot of guys don't go pro next year. That Virginia Tech team is going to be something dirty, something else. Uh, here's a little, uh, here's a little name for you, Brick. You may have forgotten this name. You remember Will Greer? I do. Will Greer. God, that glad that he seems, brought him up. 
That seems like decades ago, doesn't it? Will Greer. What happened to Will Greer? Let's let's talk about it. Hey, Brick, what happened to Will Greer? Can you remind me? Yeah, Will Greer, for one, helped Alabama get into a uh, SEC championship mm-hmm. game by beating Florida, mm-hmm. or sorry, beating Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, actually torching them. He he started off undefeated at Florida uh, sure. two years ago in 2015. Sure. It was looking great. It was looking like he was going to put the Gators back on the map. All of a sudden, he ends up getting suspended for a entire year because of performance enhancers. Um, PEDs. PEDs. So he uh, leaves Florida, does not stay, sure. and he winds up at, like we just mentioned, Virginia Tech, which is West Virginia. Sure, and uh, he, he could throw the ball about a quarter mile when he was at Florida. Now, I wonder how much of that was the PEDs. However, uh, that he's old now, right? He's got to be, what, 25, 26? <laughs> I have no idea how old he is. I mean, he's, he's got to be old. He's got a baby on the way, or maybe they just had their kid. I think they've already had their baby. Uh, he was married um, to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers dancer who also, I think she went to USF. They've had a baby. I mean, this guy has had a whole life outside of football in the year that he hasn't played. Uh, and the only reason I know all this is because I looked him up right before the episode started because I wanted to see how he's been doing. You know, because something like that, you take a year off from football, especially for someone like PEDs, just kind of a weird thing. I think he'll be kind of an X factor, but again, that Virginia Tech defense, I, I like I said, I like Metallica here. I don't like the minors. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Virginia Tech. I think out of those two teams, Virginia Tech is more big game ready this year. And honestly, one of my big upsets this year is uh, Clemson traveling to Blacksburg. I expect both of those teams to be undefeated. That's going to be a night game. That's going to be a college game day game. And that is going to be an upset for the Hokies calling it right now. Right. Who did you just say they upset? Clemson. I like it. I like it. You know, I like the Hokies a lot this year, too. Um, this game being played at FedEx Field, home of the Redskins. Yes. In, uh, in Landover, Maryland. Yes. Yeah. Um, I yeah, like I mean, that I game. Now, the weather may affect this game, too. Don't forget, you've got the hurricane. Is, is You're getting the remnants of it up on that sort of eastern coast over towards the D.C. area. So that if that's a night game and it's also in the rain... That's that's a very interesting sort of situation for a team that likes to throw the ball like West Virginia. I like West Virginia a lot in this game because of Will Greer, because of the unknown. And what so you he's do like bring. Will Greer? I do like Will Greer as a quarterback. Okay. I thought he was really, really, really good at, at Florida, and I sure. really liked what he Steroids was doing. Steroids will do that. I Steroids could be really good. Steroids will do that. There's a reason um, I'm not a professional boxer right now, Brick. I didn't take steroids, and I'm also five foot six. I guess we'll see he is how he is off of the PEDs that he claimed were a mistake, but come on. Um, no, they're not. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Just... Come on. We know better. I'm picking West Virginia in this game by three. Okay. Okay. By three. I, 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 do, I do agree with that. I think it's going to be a close game. I love the renewed rivalry, and I love the renewed rivalry on the first game of the season. I think that's great. I just think Virginia's de- Virginia Tech's defense is just a little bit more talented than West Virginia's offense. I won't be surprised by either team winning. I don't think this is a big upset game. I I just, I I really am feeling Virginia Tech here, especially in the D.C. area at FedEx Field. Let's move on. Last game we're going to predict. On Labor Day, we've got the Ramblin' Rex versus the Rednecks. we got Georgia Tech versus Tennessee. Brick, I'm taking Georgia Tech. I don't have to tell you why. I don't like Tennessee. 
There you go. <laughs> that's your that's your hard hitting analysis. And I no, like honestly, my hard hitting analysis is if Georgia Tech's front seven can hold that Tennessee run offense, I don't see them being stopped. I think they can milk the clock with that triple option, uh, you know, sort of scheme that they've got going. I think they're really, especially the past few years, it started 2014. They beat Georgia, if you'll remember. Uh, I, I believe that that was kind of a catalyst. 2015, they had a great year. Last year was a little bit of a dip, but they did have a big upset the past two years. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going with Georgia Tech here. Also, you saw how atrocious that Tennessee run defense could be last year, and I don't think that's a really, really good thing you want to have happen when you're playing the triple option. But who knows? Butch, uh, Butch Jones is on the hot seat, and I said that, Kevin Sumlin was on the hot seat, so that worked in his favor. Maybe the same can be said for Butch. Brick, what is your analysis of that game? I'm going, actually, and you're not going to like it, but I am going Tennessee for a, a few reasons. It's tough. I think this is another close game uh, for sure. a lot of the reasons you mentioned because it's going to be kind of a slow, unfolding game. This one is also going to be played in uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Monday. Um, so this will be the second college football game of the season and of all time played in that new state-of-the-art field um i like for for everything that i dislike about tennessee one thing i can say is i do actually like the idea that they're under the radar this year for that being they're getting no respect right i feel like a lot of the reason that they fell so hard last year is because tennessee doesn't do well with expectations um, Tennessee plays their best football under Butch Jones when they have no expectations. The years that they kind of built up that hype, they had no expectations. Now they've got them, they lost them, they don't have them again. So I like that. Um, I think a lot of people mention Georgia Tech's triple option like it's a uh, secret weapon. I think in an opening game, I think it's a great thing to have if you're playing a team late in the season and then they have that one week to have to prepare for a whole new offense. But Tennessee's had the luxury of being able to study this offense all offseason. Mm, you know, they've had point. multiple weeks so they can prepare for it. Sure, that's a great um, point. I'm just playing a, a tactical game here. I don't know much about Georgia Tech's team, to be honest. I don't know who they have on a quarterback. Their quarterback doesn't even matter half the time. You sure. have to look at who's at fullback for a team like Georgia Tech. But the idea that this game is hyped, at least in their own mind, for Tennessee, they've had however many months to prepare. I like them winning a close game and overcoming their lack of run defense. Sure, I like it. I like it. So we Any... just we we had different winners in two of those games. So it should be interesting to come I like back it. Yeah. next week and see it. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, before we get into uh, uh, everything else, we've done this every year. I love this segment. Uh, our first year doing this. I predicted Alabama being in the national championship. I didn't predict Alabama winning it, but I said they would get back to the national championship and be on that national stage. They ended up winning it. The next year you said Clemson was going to be in the national championship, and they were. Okay. Our bold predictions this year, Brick. Uh, I think both the winner and the loser of the FSU-Bama game make it in. Now, this bold prediction segment is not supposed to be something – that is that is very logically thought out. Uh, it's not supposed to be something that's you know everybody's saying it. It's supposed to be something that's a little bit hipster, you know, not very mainstream, but it's a bold prediction. Brick, what is your bold prediction for this game? You know, or actually, for this season. 
literally just changing it right now. Right I'm watching now. you do this, and I'm, I'm just. Do you I like cannot, what I'm typing? I cannot wait for you to say this sentence, so I can agree with you as hard as I possibly can. Really? See, I thought I was picking something bold. I think Jalen Hurts gets to New York. I think Jalen Hurts it. is part of this year's Heisman ceremony. I don't. I'm, I'm, we'll get to it in a minute. I'm not picking him to win it. I'm picking Jalen Hurts to go to New York, represent Alabama in the Heisman ceremony. And the reason I say that is because most years, Alabama actually does send a guy. They didn't last year because they just had so many young weapons and they moved the ball around so much. Sure. And he was a true freshman and he made noise midseason. Not going to lie. Um, he just lost a lot of that respect after he played some good defenses and his passing game suffered. I think his passing improves. I think if his passing improves, it becomes as much of an unstoppable player as we've seen in a while in college football. He's, you know, what Deshaun Watson was. He's up there in that echelon. Let me ask you this. And I've, I've, we've done the hypotheticals of the national championship game so much, so many times. We've even done it this year, in year three. But let me ask you this. Jalen Hurts leads Alabama down the field in the national championship game, scores a touchdown in the last three minutes like he did. Alabama's defense gets to stop. Jalen Hurts converts two more first downs. Alabama wins its second back-to-back national title in five years. He's a legend. He's a college football legend, not even an Alabama legend if that happens. Is he a Heisman, not, not to win it, is he on the Heisman watch list this season? I think if Alabama makes a playoff, he's in. No, no, no. I'm saying if he would have, if all of that would have happened in the national championship game last year. Oh, okay. You're saying, okay. Before this season started, when they released the Heisman watch list, is he on there? Yes. 100%. And that's what I don't get is one game can, and we, we talk about it all the time. You lose one game as a Heisman contender, whatever. You lose two, you're done. That's it. Unless Jalen Hurts was a true for exactly, but that's a completely different. What did he rush for? Five hundred yards in the second week of the season. I mean, it was something ridiculous, but that's an outlier. You look at consistent basis. Jalen Hurts lost one game last year. It's in the national championship, and he wasn't in the Heisman ceremony as a true freshman. And I get it. I completely understand there are better players in college football last year than Jalen Hurts. But I'm just saying this season, had he won that national championship. On, on a couple plays that were really A, controversial, and B, very much not his fault. Play calling was a huge thing. His offensive coordinator being switched around four different times before the national championship was a huge thing. It was just twice, but you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, honestly, how can you look at that and not say that he's at least in the top five right now? I, I just I don't understand it. I, I love this bold prediction from you. Uh, I like it better than my own, honestly. I'm mad I didn't think of it, but I I'm, love this I'm, I'm whole I'm teetering on agreeing with yours, so I had to come up with something a little bit different there. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's crisp. It's beautiful. These are a couple of great bold predictions. I can't wait for us to be miserably wrong by the end of the season. Speaking of which, Brick, what's one team that's really just messing with your mind right now as far as you see them in the AP Top 25, and you like them? Maybe you don't even know why, but you like them. I've got Oklahoma State. Sure. And Cal you know, Pokes, the mullet. I th- I'm not trying to be a hipster and say that I liked this before. Everybody within the last maybe week and a half, two weeks, has really jumped on this Oklahoma State train. Sure. You know, they're actually kind of garnering 
now too much hype. They open up the season at number 10, so it's not that far out there to say I like them. As Big Sean um, would say, too much sauce. I'm having trouble not putting them in the playoffs. I really Ooh. am. I really am. Because Big 12 team in the playoffs, that's, that's a bold prediction in and of itself, Brick. My only thing is, okay, so this is the reason I like them. They've got Mason Rudolph coming back, who threw for a, a gazillion yards last year, and is going to do the same this year. They've got what a lot of people think is the best receiver in college football, and James Washington coming back. He was supposed to declare last year and go be drafted in the top 20, and he didn't, so he's back. Um, that is, And then they've got this uh, Hill, oh, what's his name, Justice Hill, this little scat back that just people can't touch. Their offense is going to put up points on points on points. And as I talk about this, I'm going to look up something on their schedule because that's what's going to be deciding if I decide to put them in the playoffs in a minute. I'm going to decide pretty much on the spot about the playoffs in a couple minutes. Um, That's why they're messing with me. Now, I also can't commit to them because I have a hard time envisioning a team like Oklahoma State to get expectations like this. You know, I just talked about Tennessee. I have a hard time looking at this team with this coach they have and going, oh, yeah, they're going to go undefeated and make this the playoffs. This team has got to run through Baylor, TCU, Texas, and Oklahoma. I don't see them winning more All than those two games. of those games. They're at home against Oklahoma, which is important to me. That's I don't huge. care where they play against Texas. Bedlam's a big game, absolutely. Um, They're at West Virginia, which I don't love. Uh, and I don't know what we're going to have this year with Baylor. Baylor doesn't know what we're going to have, but I don't even recognize them as an institution anymore. So you'll have to talk about Baylor the rest of the year. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. They'll have much reason to talk about Baylor this year. Good. They're worthless. Sorry, Baylor anyway, fans so that's, that listen that's, to the podcast. That's Oklahoma State for me. Um, you know, I'm really just. I see their. I see their road into the playoffs because you've got Oklahoma. They're going to play Ohio State, and I'm assuming they're losing to Ohio State on the road. So that's one sure. loss for them. If sure. they can beat Oklahoma, give them that second loss, and get that win against them head-to-head, they can sneak into what they're we're going to have of whatever this Big 12 championship we're going to see is this year, the first year they're actually going to have it. That's their road in. I see their road. It's clear as daylight. But I have a hard time looking at a team like Oklahoma State and go, okay, well, they're they could drop they're, they're going to lose a game or two that they shouldn't like West Virginia or Kansas State or TCU oh man this this year's playoff is tougher for me than any of the ones we've done so far I agree with I would absolutely agree with that there's there's so many well what if this happens if this team beats this team then this team could really jump in and you know there's a lot of interconference uh you know we talked about interconference implosion last year um I don't see as much of that happening this season what I do see, however, is these out-of-conference opponents kind of yeah, knocking man, each other off. Out-of-conference? We got what I think are two of like the top five or six teams. They're playing each other. Alabama, FSU, I think those are both top six teams. And I think o- Oklahoma and Ohio State are both top That's six a huge teams. game. Those Week 2 games are nothing to turn your nose off at. I mean, they're huge. They're huge games. So you've got a lot of these out-of-conference opponents who could really knock each other off. Last year was more of in-conference implosion like we talked about this year. It's just kind of, I'm going to pick you off and then this guy's going to jump. All right, well, then our guy from this conference is going to pick you off. There's there's just a lot of situations like that that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around and really 
get to that playoff picture, which we're going to get to in a second. But first, uh, I've said it time and time again, and you don't agree with me, and that's fine. I think it's healthy and good for us to not agree on this. I've said it over and over again about Alabama and LSU. And those two teams, in my opinion, have been the two teams in the SEC West that are the contenders. Now, you look back, there's a four-year stretch where the winner of the Iron Bowl, Alabama, and Auburn make it to the national championship game. And that's impressive in and of itself, and I get that. But the deciding factor in those years has been LSU. It's not been Auburn and Alabama. You've pretty much known who's going to win the Iron Bowl except the two years that Auburn won it in those in that time period. 2013 with kick six and 2010 with Cam Newton and the 20-point comeback. Other well, than let's that, not forget at that time Auburn was number one in 2010, and they were number what three or four? Three, yes. 2013, absolutely. So it's not but, like it was going out on a limb to say Auburn's going to win this. But game. But who picked them as the favorite in that game? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. You know, I I mean, it, it just it wasn't said unless it was by Lee Corso on game day. All of the writers picked Alabama. Alabama was always the favorite in those games. But the reason was because a month earlier, or not even a month, three weeks earlier. Alabama had played LSU and played LSU really well in those games. I mean, really well. 2013 was a mop-up of LSU, if you'll remember. 2010 was the year that Julio took off down the sideline with a 40 time that I think scientists are still trying to figure out. So, you know, that game is always key. Getting back to my original point, LSU is the team for me right now that... Like I said, for whatever reason, they're sticking out in my mind. I think they bring back a lot on defense. I think Geis is going to go off. You know, you've got that LSU running back mantra. Those monsters that just sit back there and wait for their hole and then explode through it. And then you look up and they've got 440 yards, you know, three-fourths of the way through the game. The deciding factor for me, though, and the reason that I put them here, is a coach that you can get to buy into a program. And I'm going to mention a name here, and I'm not sure if you're going to follow me. Shaka Smart. You remember Shaka? <laughs> I know Shaka. I love Shaka. Dude was a madman. He was insane. He's at Texas now, correct? He's at Texas. He was VCU before that. When he was at VCU, do you remember when VCU came and played Anthony Grant in Coleman I Coliseum? I remember that. I do remember that. I will never forget it. I had I, You and I might have been together for that game, actually. We were at that game together, yes. Do you remember when they were doing their pregame routine and Shaka Smart was in a full suit and dove on the floor after a loose ball? I vaguely remember you pointing that out. That's a guy buying into the program, okay? That's what I'm seeing in LSU. I'm seeing a guy that is diehard LSU. Every single day, he wakes up. Every single night, he goes to bed. He's thinking about LSU football. He's thinking about bringing pride back to the state of LSU. He's a Cajun guy. I can't understand him in his press conferences, and I think it's absolutely hilarious. The team that's sticking out my mind right now is LSU. If they can get past Alabama, if they can get to that SEC championship game and win it, that's a dangerous team in the playoffs. That is a dangerous team in the playoffs. Um, And if it's, you know, if we've got to pick a representative from the SEC that's not Alabama, I'm picking LSU. I like it. Well, I like that you that, that you like that. I mean, I've told you why I'm kind of bullish on them. Sure. I see a nine nine win season for them and not a twelve win season. I and I could totally see that too. And if if you're right, more power to you. I just you know, like I said, if it's not Alabama, I think it's going to be them. 
from the SEC. If there's an SEC representative this year in the playoffs, it is either Alabama or LSU in my mind. I now, like it. yeah, I I would agree with you there. That I do agree with. Other side of the spectrum, one team that you think that is overrated, other than Auburn, you and I would both say Auburn. We both, well, you would never say it, but I both think we're on the same wavelength of Stidham. I I don't get this. He's he's the next Jeremy Johnson in my mind. I just don't see the hype. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And maybe I'm wrong. And you know, we've said it a million times. We're constantly wrong in this podcast. I just don't see how one guy who hasn't played football in a year and a half, will all of a sudden turn around a program like Auburn. I just don't get it. So obviously that's our, our number one pick is the overrated team. But besides Auburn, who's your overrated team this season? Well, I'm lo- I'm reading this docket here, and I think you and I are about to feel differently about certain teams a little bit back and forth for a minute. Um, I'm going, oof, people aren't going to like it. I'm going to go Penn State. I'm like not it. saying they're a bad team. You know, to ask me if a team's overrated, it's not to say they're a bad... A lot of people are putting Penn State in the playoff. Penn State pulled off a really, really miraculous upset last that's year. A, yeah, that's a tough putt. Putting them in the playoff is a tough putt. And then you got to remember their bowl game last year, too. Well, where are they ranked? I'm going to look... I think they're like five, which means they're in that fringe. I mean, AP, top 25. But, um, you know, when I'm just... I'm thinking about what they did last year. They were six. Okay, they're ranked six. They got the big upset win, obviously, over um, Ohio State. That was huge. I don't think they do that again. I just don't. Um, they lost it. They actually got blasted by Michigan. Um, and then they, they, they caught fire at the end of the year, and they caught people off guard. Um, they played really, really, really well. And that, remember the Rose Bowl? Oh, that was a good game. That was a great game. And they game. got Saquon Barkley, who is yes. top ten player in the country. I don't care what day of the week it is. Saquon Barkley is everything that people say he is. He's going to mention him in a bit, of course. But I need to see more years of it before yeah. I start going Penn State well, is a top 16. And look at James Franklin's history, too. You know, everybody is so high on him at Vanderbilt. Oh, well, he's beaten Tennessee. He's beaten Tennessee. And for Vanderbilt, that's the end-all, be-all. Vanderbilt football beating Tennessee, that's, that's your Super Bowl. You know, and James Franklin did it. But past that, what's his longevity? What what's this guy doing? I just I'm not bought into James Franklin, and I'm not as high on Penn State as other people are. Brick, I still think they're dealing with Joe Paul repercussions, Sandusky repercussions. I, I I think it's still going to take a good two or three years, like you said, to really get over that stuff. I mean, that was such a storm cloud over that state and that city and that college and the football program. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer to kind of figure that out and get those kinks worked out than 2017. So they won They won the Big Ten last year. I get that. I get they won the Big Ten. But you know who almost won it the year before? Iowa. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just... And then Purdue is right there. Now, Iowa kind of fell forward <laughs> into that championship game. And Purdue's right there, obviously. Yeah. Um, go Boilermakers. But I just... I see them being more of a team that loses games that Penn State traditionally loses. Sure. Not, not bad game, not not losing to Iowa, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to Michigan and Wisconsin this year. And we look up and all of a sudden they've got three or four losses and we go, okay, well, you know, I get it. I'm not a huge Trace McSorley fan. Playing right in either. that Rose Bowl, um, but he's not consistent enough for me. And 
I've decided that in college football, I'm not in love with teams that their best strength is their run game. College football's just changed too much for me to like a team like that. LSU's been the one that turned it off for me. Mm. You know, it's if your run game is your number one thing, I'm not going to pick you. That's just the way it's going to go for me. I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know enough about their defense to be definitive. I just don't find Penn State at number six when I think about the top six teams. Sure. Sure. And I'll, I'll go back and contend my original point that I make almost every episode. College football is more fun when the classic teams are good. Penn State's classic team. I think it'd be fun to watch them in the playoff this year. Teams and, behind them, I think, are better. Oklahoma, Washington, maybe Wisconsin, okay. Oklahoma All right. State, maybe All Michigan. Right. All right. All right. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Let's go ahead and get to my overrated team. You just mentioned Oklahoma. Go go ahead and defend this, please. Oh, you want me to defend that I yeah, think Oklahoma's good? I'm, I thought you were going to make your point first. Nope, I'm waiting for you to. Please defend them. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football coming back for his redshirt senior year. And Baker Don't Mayfield. say this. Don't say Oh, my God. Dude's a stud. I don't care what false. you say. False. Absolutely false. A stud? He's good. Oh, my God. He's led, he's led the, the, the entire country in passing efficiency like two years in a row. They throw the ball a thousand times a game, Brick. I could lead the team in passing, passing efficiency. No, efficiency is completely different. They're throwing it, but he's completing it and putting up numbers. They're completing four-yard passes. He's making plays. Oh, my God. This is, disgu- this is almost as bad as your ACC spiel from last year. I don't even remember what that was. Oh, we got in a fight. Oh, it was vicious. We're about, we're we are fighting. This is a fight. This is a fight. Baker Mayfield fighting. is one of the most overrated players in college football in my mind. I don't understand it. I think he is a sissy. I think he's a wuss. He's had horrible off the field issues. Big game Bob is gone completely in the most sketchy all of a sudden I'm out of here ways possible. Their defense looked absolutely clueless towards the end of last year. I don't find them attractive as a team. I don't understand how they're in the top 10. I agree they need to be in the top 25. Uh, You know, I just don't see them at number 7. Brick, they're the 7th best team in the nation. 7. They're number 7. I like them a lot. I've almost got them in my playoff. It's disgusting to me that you just said that. Big 12 football is getting they're getting in they're getting in group of group of 5 group of 6 range. Group of 6. All right, all right, all right. Look, I, I mean, let's not, let's yeah, not forget it, they were in the playoff with Baker Mayfield. Not they put up a pretty good fight against Clemson who was fantastic that year. Oh, sure. Yeah, they put up a great fight. Remind me how that one went. So you don't okay. So they actually think that losing their coach isn't the worst thing because I like I like their uh, new head coach a good bit. Um, not a was never a huge fan of Stoops. Um, think he won an early national championship and rode that for a very long right, time. Right, right. So so you're telling me here, brand new head coach is going to go at Ohio State win, going to go at Baylor win, going no, to no. I've been saying I said like five times this podcast they're not beating Ohio State. They're not going to at Oklahoma State. I think they could win that one. I think that versus Texas game is not easy for them. I think the Red River rivalry is going to come up and get them again this year. See, I, I, I'm not. I don't know how you can love Texas, the team that lost to Kansas last. I year. I never said I love Texas. You can't like them more than Oklahoma. 
right now, I'm not saying I like them more. I'm saying I'm not going to be surprised if they get upset by them. I'm saying to watch out for the Red River, Red River rivalry. God, that is annoying to say. That is pretty bad. But, uh, Brick, come on, man. It, the thing with Oklahoma is, and any team in the Big 12 that's the class of the Big 12, the schedule's just... Their their path is the easiest to the playoff if they don't get in their own way, and I don't know that Oklahoma is going to necessarily do that when I look at their schedule. I 100% probably... think they're going to shank a 35-yard field goal off the upright and lose to Texas Tech or somebody. Oh, you can't judge them. I mean, you can't pick them. They might, yeah, they might get upset, but I like them more than anybody else from that conference. I need to calm down and make my dog upset. Get... My, my dog <laughs> is officially over here. She is about to get up on the couch. She hears me. She's worried. You've upset me. I need you to apologize to Skyler. I think you should apologize to Skyler. Skyler, we're sorry. On on behalf of Pat's interference, we're sorry. I know you're ready to go to bed because it's one thirty in the morning. But your uncle Patrick Brickman is just making the most asinine comments on college football. Hey, Oklahoma, they lost big game Bob. He's been there years and years and years, and they're going to bounce back because of Baker Mayfield. They lost Samaj P. Ryan. I, they don't have anything coming back. They have Baker Mayfield's been in New York two years in a row. Oh my God! Okay, yeah, and Jabril Peppers was in New York last year too. He What's had seventy-six point? touchdowns the last two years Jeez. passing the ball. Yeah, he had 40 against the Big Twelve. Year. Right, not, but you oh do that and you get yourself into the top ten. You go undefeated in your conference. You're probably in the playoff. That's the way this works. Nobody's going to go at the end of the year. If, if Oklahoma has one loss to Ohio State like we think, but they win the rest of their games the way they beat the teams in their conference, nobody's going to go, oh, it's the Big 12. They're going to go, oh, they went undefeated in their conference. They have the one loss in week two on the road. It doesn't matter what conference we're talking about. If it's a Power 5 conference and you go undefeated in that Power 5 conference, you're looking pretty good. That's why I picked Clemson to make the playoff a couple years ago because I thought they'd beat ACC because I didn't think the ACC was great. Now the ACC's top two conference and I guess we'll see, but I I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think I don't think you realize how tough it is to restart with a new head coach after That's someone true. like after someone like Bob Stoops has been there so long. If it was somebody like Butch Jones or a Derek Dooley situation, I don't know why I just mentioned two Tennessee head coaches. You get where I'm coming from. They change coaches all the time. It's hilarious. <laughs> you and I both love it. I can't wait for John Gruden to get in there and go 5-7. and seven. I think it's going to be the funniest thing in the world. But when you've got a guy that's been there forever, look at Trestle when he left Ohio State. Look at things like that. It's just bad. That first season after that is just not good. Pete Carroll leaves USC. They're still recovering. I it's, think there's a big difference between Bob Stoops and Pete Carroll. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Mac, I just didn't think Bob Stoops was that great. Mac Brown. How's I that? I never saw it. Mac Brown. Leaves oh, yeah. Texas. They've been off the map ever since. They were off the map when he left Texas. Sure, but they went to a na- two national championships when he was there. Oklahoma went to two national championships when Bob Stoops was there. Man, gone to three. The, I'm actually I don't miscalculating. See the big fall off. I don't see the big fall off. I think that they'll be in playoff discussion come November. God, I hope not. I also think Baker Mayfield's a punk. That's part of this too. Well, he is a punk. Don't I, get me I wrong. Just, he's a I drunken think he's punk. An absolute punk. I think anytime you strike a woman, you should be just wiped off the record. 
I think we've had a lot of punks win the Heisman lately. I'm not going to lie. That's also true. Yeah, no, that's a great point. <laughs> I mean, honestly, with the integrity of the Heisman, yeah. You know what? He may want to go out and just rob a liquor store or something just to go ahead and solidify his Heisman candidacy. He's no less of a punk than Johnny Manziel. Ugh, God. But, hey, this is college football. This is why we talk Sometimes about this stuff. Sometimes punks are really good college football players. Go ahead, go ahead and tell me. You've, you've already mentioned that Baker Mayfield might win the Heisman, which makes me want to vomit. So we're not going to talk about it anymore. You've made your case. Tell me about your other guy. You, you picked two here. I, I really feel like you're not doing yourself justice here. Pick one well, or the I other, man. I actually have a, a, a time to completely finish. I was deciding, and I haven't updated it since I was here, but before we started the podcast, the reason I don't want to pick the guy I am picking is because I picked him last year. Right? Right. I picked him last year because I really liked him coming off of his injury after winning a national championship. I liked what he was putting Maybe I picked him two years ago. I don't remember who I picked. These years are running together. You have to realize. We're We've been doing this three this years. We're getting old, man. We just, you know, we're holding on by a threat. Anyway, I'm going with him again because he's going to be the quarterback on a team I think goes undefeated in their regular season. And that's JT Barrett. Picked him last year. Mm. I didn't realize the folly of what I was doing with their current offensive coordinator. They've got a new offensive coordinator, and I think that is the biggest thing for this guy. You know, when he was a world beater, Tom Herman was his offensive coordinator, and they replaced him with what's-his-name. I don't even remember his name. He was so bad. Forgetful and McGee. He had two plays. It was it was read option, and it was slant pass over the middle. Yep. And That's it. Two plays. Ohio State might have co- literally might have cost themselves national championships by having him there. Because they did make the playoffs um, in 2015. And I think if Ohio State had made the playoffs in 2015, they would have really given Alabama a run for their money. Absolutely. The same way Clemson did. Ball bounces this way, ball bounces that way. You've got a repeat national champion. Yep. Instead, they really, 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 really pooped their pants against Michigan State. Michigan State gets in, and we all saw how what happened there. Yeah, the windmill. Um, one of the greatest celebrations by a kicker I've ever seen. <laughs> so I like Ohio State to win all their games this year. I really do. I think they beat Nebraska, Penn State. I think they beat Michigan and Michigan. Um, Because they get Penn State at home. That's really my decider there. And I think they beat Oklahoma. We talked about it. I like Oklahoma. I like Ohio State head and shoulders more. So with his new offensive coordinator, with the weapons he has coming back, um, with the receivers Ohio State always has, I think he carries... Not carries, but I think he leads a team to the playoffs undefeated. I actually think Ohio State is the number one team, perhaps, entering the playoffs this year. I like it. So. I like it. I I didn't want to be, and I'm not calling you boring. I didn't want, I, I figured you would go with Barrett. I didn't want to go with Barrett and have two people going with Barrett. I think Barrett's going to win the Heisman, period. For the sake of the podcast, for the sake of the listeners, if they're not hearing, oh, Barrett, JT Barrett, and we're going from there. Saquon Barkley is a guy to watch, and you mentioned him earlier. He's a guy to watch out for. A lot of people are going to be focused in and zeroing in on Trace McSorley all year, okay? As they should. He's you know he put up numbers last year. That's going to open up a lot of running game for Saquon Barkley. If Penn State can get that running game going, that is a guy to watch out for. I I think he could get Derrick Henry type carries. As far as numbers are concerned, not necessarily oh, he's the best how they back look. In college football, he should. But I mean, he is—he is a beast, man. You go back and you watch that Rose Bowl game from last year. There were a couple third and longs where they were like, "All right, just hand it off, just let him do his work." 
And he did, and he produced. And I, I think that if they can get him going, he is a serious Heisman contender. Definitely going to be in New York City. May even win the whole dang thing. So, we like uh, Saquon Barkley. I like JT Barrett making it. Sounds like you did too. We like Jalen yep. Hurts in there. Some yep. of the other names that people really like. We've mentioned um, Mayfield. You don't like it, but a lot of people like Sam Darnold, the USC quarterback. I like. I like Sam did. Darnold as well. Yeah, I. I'm not a huge. Uh, not look i i know i just crapped on i understand the baker mayfield thing he's been there a while he's familiar with the offense i i just don't see oklahoma having a good enough year for him to win it that's why sam darnold didn't win it last year actually he came in and he was the best quarterback the second half of the season maybe the last two-thirds of the season but uh before he really took over USC had already put themselves well out of playoff contention, and, you know. That's that. He kind of worked his way out. He didn't have the early night, season night. magic that Lamar Jackson did and didn't have the highlight package that Lamar Jackson did by the end of the year. And I, I don't see Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson being weakest. in New York City. I don't either. Interesting, isn't that? I feel like the novelty of him's worn off. Um, there was a novelty that came with him last year when he was – you know, beating up on whoever he was and putting up 700 yards doing it. Sure. Well, and uh, but I another, can agree that he should. I I was not on the him winning the Heisman train last year. No, and uh, he was the most hesitant Heisman winner I can remember in a long time. Meaning that a lot of people were. Eh, I don't really know how I feel about this. There wasn't a strong Heisman last year. Right. It's just nobody really separated themselves, and he just kind of. Stumbled in, fell yes. fell forward in by default. He, he fell up yes, the he was a de facto Heisman. <laughs> you know, by, but he, you know he lost to Kentucky. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, all right, let's move on um, to. All right, I don't like the Heisman segment at all. I like the bold predictions. Uh, the overrated teams is fun. This is a segment that gives me stomach ulcers. I <laughs> I am nervous. Uh, Brick, I, I want to vomit every time we do this segment. I I, I know I'm going to be horribly wrong, and you're going to be right with one of these teams. And I'm never going to hear the end of it again. But you know two of mine because I made it in my bowl prediction earlier. I've got Bama and FSU in the playoff. I don't think the winner – I think this game is fun because, look, unless the team that beats you in this game tanks, you're in. You went out, they went out, you're both in in this game, in my opinion. The other two, one of them's Ohio State. I like JT Barrett. I like Urban Meyer in the Big Ten right now as it is. I don't think he really has a lot of competition. I don't think Penn State's really as good as people say they are. We talked about James Franklin. We talked about Trace McSorley. Now, granted, I did just say if Saquon Barkley gets going, that could prove really, really interesting, especially against Ohio State because that's two weapons. Ohio State's really good at guarding one. So I've got Ohio State in there with an asterisk of, They've got to get through Penn State. I don't think Michigan's going to be a tough game. I definitely don't think it's going to look like last year. My other team, and this is going out on a limb, and this is going to be the one that I get smacked for, and it's not because they beat Rice. I, I, I just I feel like they're, as soon as I say the words, I, I'm just damning them. I like Stanford in the playoffs. Now, hold on, Brick. Hold on. I, I can feel you heating up. Ooh. I can I can feel I can feel this rustle in your jimmies. Let me let me calm down the jimmies. Stanford's schedule lines up really really well for them to make a run this year. And just like you mentioned, your precious Clemson Tigers, 
I'm going to go ahead and spit some knowledge on you, okay? Because this schedule, I mean, your first game of the season is Rice, right? You come out, you put up 62 on Rice. That's not bad. You travel at USC. That sucks. All right, that's not fun for anybody involved unless you're a Trojan fan sitting there in the Rose Bowl. But you get USC early when you've already got a game under their under your belt and they don't, okay? You get through that USC game break at San Diego State. Nobody's worried about the Aztecs this year. Versus UCLA, we've already seen what their pass defense can do. I'm not worried about Josh Rosen. You get Arizona State at home. You go at Utah. That can be tough. Utah lost a lot of pieces. Versus Oregon, they weren't tough last year. At Oregon State, nope. At Washington State could be their hiccup. All right? I think they're going to beat Washington at home. They've got Cal. They've got Notre Dame. I'm not worried about either of those teams. I think combined between those two teams, they still may not make a freaking bowl game because, holy crap, Notre Dame is losing so much off of a team that went 4-8. and eight. So you're looking at that schedule. I've got them with their eh, game against Washington State. That's on a November Saturday in the Pac-12. When was the last time Washington State was good late in the college football season in the Pac-12? Here's the answer. Yeah, I hadn't been in a while, if ever. Get through that SC game by the skin of your teeth, and you're smooth sailing to the playoffs. You did just kind of skip over Washington, though. That's a tough one. I'm not. I'm not worried about Washington this year. Why? They lost so many. All of the look. They bring back a lot on their line. Their skill players, their weapons are gone. I like their quarterback a good bit. Also, in that conference. Do you remember when uh, Alabama beat Michigan State and Michigan State never played football again? <laughs> yes. I hear that so you're happening. You're, you're, in a, you're, you're giving them that kind of a drop-off, which nobody I, saw that Michigan State. No, no, no. And I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go Michigan State bad. I'm just not seeing the uh, level of commitment and effort. Or I shouldn't say that. I don't see the level of winning at Washington again this year. Hmm. Now, maybe well, I'm wrong. I mean, you, you, you could be saying that for the same reasons I'm saying Penn State, because you need to see them do it again. Now, Brick, here's the thing. I, I'm a moron. If we're being honest, I'm a complete moron. Um, so I'm, I'm probably finally admitting it. I'm, I'm probably wrong on most of these, and I'm not naive to think that. Uh, Washington's got a pretty easy schedule themselves this year. Uh, versus Montana, second week of the season, may sneak up and get them. Go Grizz. They've got Rutgers at Rutgers on Friday. I don't think anybody's worried about playing at uh, Piscataway Township in New Jersey. Um, uh, versus Cal, not tough. Versus UCLA. Not that tough. First, Oregon could be tough. We have no idea. They get them in Seattle. Uh, you know, they get their rivalry game in Seattle. They've got a really easy schedule, Washington does, but I'm just not seeing the fire and the spark from Washington that I did last year. That's why I'm putting the Cardinal in it. I know it's probably wrong. Go Cardinal. I hope that crazy band gets to make it the national championship. I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right. Well, no, I mean, I, you know, we shouldn't have a podcast if we're not going to make any kind of, you know, the same predictions that everybody else makes. That's why I respect your Stanford pick. I'm not mad at it. I respect it. I think in the first year of the playoff, I picked Stanford to go, and and they didn't. You know, uh, Oregon did. Um, but you're talking about these schedules. So I've got Alabama, and I've got Ohio State, and I made those two very clear. I think there's a good chance that both of those teams are in undefeated. Um, if Alabama loses, I think Ohio State is almost certainly in undefeated in my mind. 
Alabama might lose a game and still get in. Um, those will be one and two in my mind. Mm-hmm. But you're mentioning these Pac-12 teams and their schedules. Nobody in the Pac-12 has it as easy as USC, and that's why I have them in. Because they get stand, you know, you and I are going to get to kind of talk about that Stanford game in week two because that's going to be big for both of our playoff picks. It'll be an interesting one. I love the point you made that Stanford's got that one week in Australia under their belt. Yes. But um, USC gets Texas. That's an interesting one. But Texas is down. I still think Texas is down. They're switching head coaches, and I think Texas will be back up within the next four years. But uh, they miss. Um. They miss Oregon this year. They miss Washington. You know, instead they're switching those teams with like Arizona and Colorado and Oregon State. I think their schedule is baby easy. I think it's smooth as a baby's bottom. Ooh. After that Stanford-Texas week. So they get through. They can win those two games maybe. They get them both at home. And boom, I think they're – they play at Notre Dame. I'm not super scared of Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame will be better this year than they were last year. I don't see another four-win season because they lost – I heard on the radio they lost uh, seven games last year within a touchdown. And I think some of those – something has to give this year. But I also don't have Notre Dame winning 11 games and getting in the playoffs. So uh, it's easy. It's an easy schedule that, I, that I'm staring at right now. They'll get Blake Barnett and Arizona State late on the road, but I'm not scared of Arizona State. Do they get Blake they Barnett? Breeze. I'm pretty sure Blake Barnett lost that battle, did he not? Yeah, I was just throwing his name out there. I have no idea. We'll see. Either way, if he's holding a clipboard, he's got to be as dangerous, right? Hey, you know, I think that's a super easy schedule. I think USC could be an undefeated. I think, maybe. I mean, they can drop a game and still be in like Washington did last year. You, the, the path is simple for most of these teams. Undefeated, you're in. Lose a game in your conference but still win your conference championship, you're probably in. If your name's Alabama, then you are in because you're SEC and the voters will put you in. But So my last one, I've got it question marks, but I'm making the call now. This will be the team that is number four in my mind that will play Alabama or Ohio State in that game. I like three teams for this spot, and I have to pick one because they're all going to play against each other somewhere on their schedules. I like Florida State. They play Alabama. I like Oklahoma. They play Oklahoma State and they play Ohio State, and I like Oklahoma State, they play Oklahoma. I'm just in a conundrum there. So I have to just pick from the three teams of those that I think are the best because ultimately the playoff is to put the four best teams in, and I go FSU. I come back around. I hate – one of my rules is I don't pick a team that is playing another team on their schedule, but I just can't not do that this year. It's just too impossible with these out-of-conference games, and I'm not going to go put Clemson in just to make it like that. I'm not going to go put Notre Dame in just to make it fair. Won't do it. So I go back around. I go FSU sneaks in. They'll have the one loss. They might even have two losses in my mind and get in over another one of these teams. I like it. I like it, man. I I really do. I really do. I like these playoff picks. I think you and I have a good, um, you know, a good group going. And we've got, I mean, we've got pretty much the same sort of thing going. But I think the ways that we got there are very different. Um, you know, we both talked about Bama and FSU. I brought it more up as far as, you know, you know, that first game really is just going to kind of be fun. It's a good barometer. And if you run the table, no matter what, from that first game, you're in period. That's it. Uh, we both agreed on Ohio state. Cause we think they're the power in the big 10. 
Um, you like JT Barrett. I kind of like what they're bringing back, you know, as far as defense is concerned. And then we picked two Pac-12 teams based off of their schedule, and why the hell not? Uh, let's move on. Break. that was our national preview. It's in the books. You know what else is in the books? My first year at High Point University. Nice. We're gonna move. We're gonna Congrats, move on, man. Thank you. We're gonna move on to our sound off segment. I've got a positive sound off. You're getting you're getting Prozac Patrick right now. Nice. Uh, just like so Prozac positive. Patrick. Very happy. Uh, no, but uh, in all honesty, um, you know, last year this time I decided to take this job here at High Point. Um, you know, it's it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. I, I feel finally like in my career I found something that I really want to do. Uh, forever, you know, and I, I don't know where this is going to take me and, you know, what I'm going to see and what I'm going to do. And I'm not saying that every single day is a walk in the park, but, you know, damn if I don't feel fulfilled when I get home. Uh, now, I will say this. When I got here last year, I didn't tell a lot of people this. I was nervous, man. I, I was, I, I mean, I was up at night a lot, you know, other than just can you do the job, you know. Did you make the right decision? You left a national sports news network to go work for a small school in North Carolina, making fun videos. You know, I, I was nervous. I was really nervous. The one constant I had last fall was twice a week, I got to sit down with my best friend from college, and we got to podcast and talk about college football. And it you may not have up. seemed like it because I was absolutely pressured to the max and I was upset you know a lot about oh well I don't know if I can do this I don't know if this is right for me but those small hours I had throughout the week talking about college football while it didn't seem like it a lot of the times man I looked so much forward to that and we love this podcast so much this is our baby and I I know you feel the same way so I'm just so thankful looking back for a year now so thankful for both my my job at High Point, everybody that I met there, my family members there, uh, and for this podcast. We're in year three now. I can't believe it. Wouldn't rather be doing anything else at 1.48 in the morning on a weeknight than talking with you, cutting it up about Baker Mayfield, and picking two Pac-12 teams that are going to break our hearts in week two. <laughs> hey, that's college football, man. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you've made it a year. You're obviously very happy there. Um, you do great work. I always check in what, what gets posted on the, the Athletic page Facebook. And uh, you've got a definite future in that field. Um, you know, you got a good training and good coaching uh, in your college days at Alabama. You built a strong foundation there. In fact, you took on more than you should have as a normal college student, more than an average college student. And that's why you're killing it at this job. Because well, thank you. you. Always take it upon yourself that. to do more work if you're enjoying the work you're doing. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. What's what's your sound you off today? S- you got so positive. I can't remember what my sound off. Do you remember what it was? I, I genuinely don't. I, I honestly do not. Uh, I, you I was had... getting heated. Oh, I got it. It's back. Go it's for back. it. Sorry. Dive in. It's been too I happy. I got heated. So today, well, you should have let me go first. So today, uh, my favorite current baseball player, uh, John Carlos Stanton. Sure. Go um, Marlins. Belted his 51st home run of the season. Not bad. And his 18th in the month of August. That's real good. That is very good. He has been on an absolute tear since yeah, the All-Star break. That's that's putting it one way, for sure. Right? He entered the second half of the season, I think maybe fourth, third, fourth, fifth in the home run race. And he has gone 
far and ahead in first. Call, He's doing yeah. things at a historic level right now. Call Gwen Stefani. It's bananas. It's bananas what he's doing. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. No doubt. But since he plays for the lowly Miami Marlins that nobody ever talks about, right? They have the ugly jersey. They have the weird logo. They have the crappy owner that they're about to sell, and that's the only reason they're relevant. The only time people talk about the guy now is if he's going to get traded and which teams out of the Braves, not the, sorry, not the Braves, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, the Cubs, the Dodgers, which one's going to be the first one to scoop him up? You know, and it just drives me nuts that he's doing something at a historic pace right now. He's on pace for over 60 home runs, which he's already said he thinks is the record. That'll be an argument of its own. Um, and nobody talks about it. He gets a blurb on ESPN, and Stanton hit another home run, and he amazing. Remember yep. what we were getting earlier in the year with Aaron Judge? Yeah. Wall no, to wall. No, I, I promise. You'd be watching regularly scheduled programming... And ESPN would cut into his at-bats in, like, May. Right? Yeah. And I get that they're the Yankees, and I get that he was the young guy and hey. the fun one and coming up, but you know what got brushed under the rug a lot? The fact that the Golden Boy Aaron Judge broke the record and continued to break the record for most consecutive games with a strikeout. Sure. But, hey. That's not a good record. You know, You know how much I love films. You know how much I love going to the movies and watching movies. One of my favorite movies, Catch Me If You Can. You remember the line about the Yankees? Everybody's distracted by the pinstripes. That's it. it. It's name recognition. And we see it in college football all the time, relating it back to the podcast. You said it a couple minutes ago. A one-loss Alabama team gets in. Period. Because of name recognition. That is it. Yep. That's it. And the Marlins are not a name-recognized team right now. Just it not. does. It does. It does sound like I am a uh, a Western Michigan fan complaining about how often Alabama's on the TV. Well, you got to row the boat sometimes, Brick. No, that's in Minnesota now. It's Sky Yuma row the boat. I'm a big PJ Fleck guy, by the way. We we have yet to talk about him. I'm a big PJ Fleck guy. I don't know if I've told oh, you this. An obvious man crush of both of us. Yes, I run through walls for that guy. Yeah, uh, I would too. He's a jackhammer. Big fan. Big, big fan. But no, I, I agree with you. I think what Stan's doing is ridiculous. And honestly, one thing that I kept thinking when you were talking about it, can you imagine if he was doing this in the summer of 98? McGuire Golly. and Griffey and Sosa and all those guys. I mean, could you imagine Palmero, Or if he was just doing Giambi. it this year in pinstripes. Hey, I didn't say it. You said it. But yeah, I agree with you. He'll be a Giant or a Dodger or a Yankee one day. Don't oh, worry. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's going to be a Dodger real soon. Real soon, but no, I agree with you. Hey, look, that's it for us. We appreciate you listening. We know we went a little bit over. Uh, we didn't expect to kind of go off on Baker Mayfield so much, so that kind of added no, some time. No, our national to the back preview always goes a little long, though. It's a, it's it a little does. longer, but uh, Brick, we're at an hour 20 right now. We haven't even hit the social media and the goodbyes. It's the time where we get to flex our college football muscles beyond Alabama, which obviously is our pride and joy but that's true you know that's i do true. you know i like flexing my college football muscles we are adonis um, so <laughs> we are we are adonis adonis um, next time you hear from us we'll be back on alabama spending a long long time talking about that fsu alabama game can't wait i i genuinely cannot wait hey i will we, have a very detailed breakdown if you want more pat's interference and you're like how can i get more 
these two morons. Here's how. You go to patsinterference.com. You can search us on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S, Interference. You can go on Twitter. Follow us at P-I underscore podcast. Uh, if you need other places to listen, uh, we were on you know Google Play, Amazon, iTunes, uh, Phonograph, anything you can think of. We can probably get you some Pat's Interference goodness there. Uh, do us a favor. Go on iTunes. Uh, give us a rating. If it's a one-star rating, go ahead and give it to us. If it's a five-star rating, that's great. If you want to write Apple, give us more than five stars, that's even better. Just let us know how we can be better. We always want to improve our craft. And honestly, those iTunes ratings go so, so far as far as getting us more recognition, getting our brand and our name out there as far as this podcast is concerned, which is really what we want to do. We love doing this. It's been a dream of ours to do it for quite some time. And we couldn't do it without you guys, the listeners. We just really this year want to spread it out. Just spread our podcast out. Get more ears on this bad boy. Or not so people don't realize that we just picked two Pac-12 teams in the playoff. Which we're fine with, but it's going to be horribly, horribly wrong. I am Patrick Norwood. He is Patrick Brickman. This has been a great podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Pat's Interference. And most of all, Brick, roll tight. Roll tight.